text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our gospel reading for today, Luke chapter 15, and especially this second verse. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled and said, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I ask you for a second today to look at this insert in your bulletin. You see there in the upper left corner an invitation of sorts. I want you to imagine that this invitation actually arrived at your house. Imagine it comes addressed just like that one you see there. There's no other markings on the envelope. Nothing to really let you know whether it was intended for you or who sent it anyways. It's simply made out, as you see, to sinner. Would you open it? Would you return it to sender? Would you suppose that invitation is for you or not? Would you even want to go to an event where possibly only sinners were invited? What if you got to that event and the host demanded some sort of proof of your identity as a sinner? What if the host demanded some sort of specific examples that would prove that that invitation belonged to you? Would you still want to go? What if you peeked into the event and you saw there people of all sorts of unquestionable sinner quality. Those who undoubtedly had sinned in grave ways. Would you want to sit next to them at that event? On our text for today, the Pharisees decide to make a charge against Jesus. And their charge is very simple. They say, this man receives sinners and eats with them. They put this forward as the absolute proof that Jesus was not from the Father, as he had suggested. For surely anyone from the Father would be much more careful about who they received and who they ate with. You see, in Jesus' day, who you sat down with said a lot about you. People typically only sat down with people that they already respected. They tended to sit down to eat with those people that they thought were right about the same stature in society as they were. They only ate with people who would surely not bring dishonor upon them. I suppose in one sense, things haven't changed a lot. I mean, while we probably don't speak about this as much, most of us are still pretty particular about who sits down at the table with us. It's not like in our culture, people often invite strangers to just sit down at the table with them. And we certainly are reticent to, quick, or to invite people that we think are of questionable character to sit down and eat with us. So what was Jesus' answer to that charge? 
that he was one who received sinners and ate with them? Well, as we have it recorded, Jesus' answer was not a simple answer with words. Instead, he told three parables. He told the parable of the lost sheep, of the lost coin, and of the lost son. Today, our lectionary directs us to that most famous parable of Jesus's. It directs us to that parable of the prodigal son. Yes, perhaps more people know this parable than any other in the Bible. And the plot line is quite simple, really. One son demands his inheritance from his father long before his father is dead. He takes that inheritance and goes off and spends it carelessly and wickedly. After his debauchery has eaten up his entire inheritance, he realizes the sad state that he is now in. He is penniless and starving. And so he decides that he will return to his father and simply ask for a job as one of his servants, knowing that then, at least, he would have the basic food necessary for life. However, the father would not allow such a thing. As soon as he saw the prodigal son returning, he ran out to him and then began to lavish upon him every good gift that he could think of. He then threw him a huge party, much to the dismay of his more loyal brother. The father received the sinner, and he ate with him. So what is Jesus' answer to the charge that he is one who receives sinners and eats with them? His answer is this. You better believe it. That's exactly why he came. You see, when Jesus arranges a meal, he does not invite those who are already worthy of respect. He does not invite those that the community has already decided are upstanding citizens. He does not invite someone who might help his reputation. No, instead, Jesus becomes a man of no reputation in order that he might welcome sinners to himself, in order that he might feed them. In one sense, Jesus is quite choosy when it comes to who ends up at his table. But he's not choosy like most people. He doesn't only invite those who have earned it. No, much to the contrary, he only invites those who recognize that they have not earned it. He only welcomes those who come to his table to receive life and salvation. Yes, he is the one that they must recognize they are dead without. Today, again, in our midst, Jesus sets his table, and he has prepared the meal to be served there. It is a meal that he prepared on the cross at Calvary. And it is a meal that he delights in serving to his people time and time again. There's rejoicing in heaven every time his words are spoken again. Take and eat, this is my body. Take and drink, 
this is my blood. But know this, not everyone is invited to the table of the Lord. You'll see, those that look at the invitation and can't believe that it is addressed to sinner, well, they are not welcome. Those who think of themselves as better than everyone else, who think that they have very little need of forgiveness to be received, well, they're not welcomed either. Those that think that their sins just really aren't all that bad, well, then they are not welcomed as well. You see, if you think that God's assessment of you as a sinner is not proper, then don't come to the table. If you come here believing that somehow you are better than everyone else, and that is why you get to be gathered to the supper this day, then don't come to the table. And if you refuse to repent of the sins in your life, then don't come to the table. But if instead you know that this invitation is surely for you, then come to the feast. But if on the other hand you want to keep gossiping and ruin the reputation of your neighbor, this is not the place for you. If you want to continue in that intimate relationship with someone that's not your spouse, the invitation is not for you. If you think you'll just continue to pile up wealth upon wealth and yet not be generous to others, this table is not for you. You see, refusing to repent of sins means that you truly in your heart think that that invitation marked sinner is misaddressed. But again, if you know that that invitation is for you, then come to the feast. If you know that with the prodigal that you have sinned against God and are no, worther, no longer worthy to be called his child, well then come to the feast. If you're sick of the spiritual starvation that sin brings into your life, then come to the feast. Come to the feast, for it has been prepared for you. It is prepared for those who were dead but are now alive. For those who were lost but now are found. For those prodigal sons and daughters who went off on their own but now have been welcomed home. That is who the meal is for. Preparing the sermon this week, I read several different things about how meals were conducted in Jesus' day. And one of the articles had this line. It said, What you, the guest, are offered is a measure of your standing in the eyes of your host. You see, in Jesus' day, not everyone was treated the exact same at a meal. Not everyone was even served the same food. Those who were more highly thought of were indeed given more perks. Think of it as first-class accommodations in our day. Well, that line that what you receive says something about the value that your host sees in you is something that we definitely can apply to the Lord's Supper. 
Oh, it's not in the Lord's Supper that some receive one thing and others a better thing. But indeed, it does say something about what our host thinks of us. For he gives every last sinner who comes forward the absolute best. They get to feast on the bread of life himself. Yes, God sees you as very valuable. And so he serves you the best he has. God has slaughtered the lamb without blemish and serves you the body and blood of that lamb at his feast. He wants you to know just how excited he is that his lost son or his lost daughter is back at home. He ultimately doesn't care for a second what other people think about his choice to receive you into his midst or to sit down and eat with you. For it's why he came. Jesus, when he walked upon the earth, received sinners and ate with them. Jesus, at his supper, receives sinners and he eats with them. And Jesus, on the last day, will receive sinners and eat with them. You have the invitation in hand. The whole bill has been paid in full by Jesus' death. So come and feast. Amen.